Buckle up. It's the football playbook with me, RIC Rick Saratella, here broadcasting live from the Jersey Shore around the universe here on the Jacob Media Network. You're home for real football talk and Eagles talk. Woo, what a lineup. Uh, bringing you up here till 12 o'clock. We'll have the sports take guys. Uh, shout out to Jody Mack and John McMullen, the Mack and Mack show, Birds 365 streaming on in. Uh, before this show and big shout out to Jeff Kerr around the NFC East kicking it out off at 7 a.m. And then, of course, Dan Cilio bringing it home from three to six. Hey, it's the new lineup. This is the first edition, part one <laughs> of the football playbook on this Monday, August 29th, 2022. The dawn of a new age, right? Brought to you by uh, Ocean Casino and Resorts in Atlantic City, home of 10 times free play in August. Make sure you go check them out. Get over there in the Galleria. I love me the gallery at the Ocean Casino in Atlantic City. We'll be uh, frequenting there uh, a lot during the football season. Of course, the Eagles post game right here on the uh, Jacob Network. And hey, shout out to all the chat room, chat room people waking up with us today. Uh, we're going to have a little convergence of the Jacob chat. Hopefully the NFL Draft Bible chat. Check us out over on NFLDraftBible.com. Our 21st season of football coverage uh that's what we do talking nfl draft 365 over there we might get into a little bit of that from the uh, college football week zero over the weekend we'll see if we can fit some of that in of course we had nfl preseason action last night little quarterback controversy in pittsburgh uh we'll talk a little bit about mitchell trubisky kenny pickett what does that mean uh the jets and the giants the debacle of the meadowlands Two atrocious teams duking it out in the swamp. We'll try to get into that a little bit more. Uh, some some big news uh, around the league that we'll get into hour two. But we're going to have um, a power hour of guests lined up for you today in just a little bit. Uh, my guy, Alan Pupart, will be checking in down there in Miami, recapping that Dolphins and Eagles fiasco. Uh, for Philadelphia, we'll get some Dolphins perspective there. Uh, we'll have John Macaron from the All Lions Sports Illustrated platform uh, recapping that Steelers Lions game from yesterday. I saw TJ Watt go down. We'll see what's going on there, but we'll check in on the Lions. Is Johnny Boy drinking the the Dan Campbell Kool Aid? We'll find out. And uh, oh, by the way, Lions and Eagles Week One. We'll get a little uh, primer from our guy John and see what we can expect. You know, a lot of talk about the Eagles offensive line, uh, Detroit, not too far behind. And uh, we'll have my guy, Eugene Chung, I think uh, Tuesday, tomorrow, he'll be on talking about that Eagles offensive line. Of course, the offensive line coach from their Super Bowl team. So uh, we'll cap things off at the end of the hour with Aaron Schatz, my guy, uh, fellow Jersey brethren. And uh, he's going to make history here on the football playbook. I'll tell you why, but you won't want to miss that. So, uh, hey, buckle up. It's the new show, The Football Playbook, with Rick Saratella here with you on Jacob Media, taking you up to 12 o'clock, the sports take, guys. And uh, we will have Alan Pupart. Let me check in with my guy, Tone, behind the scenes. We got Tone DeShields, the people's champ, uh, behind the stream, sometimes on the scene. He tells me, Alan Pupart, ready to go. So let's welcome him on. Buckle up. It's a double chin strap affair checking in from down there. Good morning, Alan. How are you today? What up, Rick? Long time no talk. 
Yeah, I, the last time we chatted was on uh, my previous show, The State of Football. We got a brand new edition here, and you will now, Alan, uh, infamously or famously be known as the Football Playbook Trivia Question because you are officially the first, first guest. ever guest yes. in the history of the Football Playbook, <laughs> which means you've already earned yourself a cameo. So, But um, we appreciate you hopping on. I know you're down there in Miami. Always representing the montreal expos and uh we'll 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 never know about that 1994 magical season where my yankees Mm -hmm. and expos were all lined up for a uh october magic affair but uh it's been a magical uh affair with this um mickey mcdaniel's uh, love affair down there in miami uh they just love them some mike mikey mcdaniel's i'm curious to get your thoughts and gauge the temperature there to me uh, I filled in a couple times on the Birds 365 show for those who saw. I'm already on record. This is the most overrated man in the NFL. Your thoughts? Uh, well, here's the thing. They haven't played a game yet. I mean, it's a preseason and it's great and all that. And he's, he's a completely different kind of coach. Uh, he's got a quirky personality. He's very cool. Uh, he's friendly, he's quick with the wit, uh, self-deprecating or taking little jobs at other people, but it's, it's all very nice and friendly, which is quite the change from the previous head coach here. Um, and then he's got this reputation as an offensive mastermind with great innovations in a running game. And based on all of that, like you look, you look at all the, there is a ton of excitement here and it's not just because of his arrival, but then you got Tyree Kill got here, Teron Armstead got here. They signed, Cedric Wilson, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert. Um, but the bottom line, I don't know if I call him the most overrated person in the NFL. The bottom line is they haven't played a single regular season game yet. Um, and then they, they completely smacked the Eagles Saturday night. But like the Eagles had looked like they had checked out of the preseason pretty much a minute into the game, if not before kickoff. Yeah, I mean, the uh, the the Dolphins handed the Eagles their lunch all week long. And, uh, I mean, what, what was going on? Because, it, like, I get it. The, the Eagles didn't play their starters. But when they were doing the scrimmage, I mean, my understanding, our guy Johnny Mack that was down there was, you know, the, the Dolphins were open. They were open often. They were burning the Eagles' corners. I mean, uh, did you see it that way as well? Yeah, well – Mind you, they only did one of the two joint practices because the Dolphins called off Thursday because of the summit bug that was running around. Uh, in that one practice, yeah, the Dolphin offense uh, did pretty well. But unless I'm severely mistaken, and based on what I could see, the Eagles had a lot of their frontline defensive players not participating. Uh, and that includes the secondary. And Tyree Kill, yeah, was running free in the middle of the field as he did throughout summer practices. And how much of that is lack of scheming by the defense, keeping everything very basic. How much of that is the Dolphins' offensive scheme getting him in the open? How much of that is Hill's just ridiculous speed? I know the the Eagles cornerback Wallace said after the game Saturday that he's never seen anybody that fast in his life. Well, yeah, he's fast. The dude's fast. Um, So having said all that, again, we're talking one joint practice. Yeah, the Dolphin offense had the better uh, of the Dolphin defense in that joint practice. No question about it. From what I could observe on the, the far field, of the other way around um, looked like it was a, not, a lot more even battle between the Eagles offense and the Dolphins defense. 
All right, so let me follow up with this because here in Philadelphia, a lot of talk is being made about Jalen Hurts. He will be entering the final year of his deal next year. Should they or shouldn't they give him that long-term extension? Is he a franchise quarterback? Seems like a lot of questions similar to Tua Tagalavoa, and these guys were connected at Alabama. Obviously, Hurts went on to Oklahoma. A lot of people, though, viewed Tua as a much higher-rated prospect coming out of college However, as we stand here today on August 29th, I got to tell you, if I'm starting a team today, I, I got to go with Jalen Hurts over to a, uh, what do you make of the comparison? Do you, and let me say part two of this question. We know two is going to start the season for the Dolphins. Which quarterback on that roster is going to end the season for Miami? Can I start with question two? I'll start with question two. Two is going to be the starter from start to finish unless he gets hurt. And I say that in part because the Dolphins absolutely need to find an answer uh, regarding Tua as far as whether they move forward with him. Because the one difference between him and Hurts is Tua was a first-round pick. Hurts isn't. So the Dolphins not only have to decide whether to give him a long-term extension next offseason, they also have to decide whether to pick up the fifth-year option. And the deadline for that is uh, May 2nd or 3rd, uh, that neighborhood next, next year. And here's the other part of it is that Mike McDaniel offense, based on what we've seen in the summer and based on what we've seen in the preseason, going to feature an awful lot of misdirection, fake handoff, naked boots, short passes off the naked boot. It's going to make it. It's very quarterback friendly. And I look back and it's the same. It's the Mike Shanahan style of offense. Well, guess what? Jared Goff had two seasons with over 100, 100 passer rating with the Rams. I don't think anybody's going to call Jared Goff a great quarterback. Jimmy G had two seasons with, or at least one with over hundred passer rating and not everybody sold on him. So I do expect Tua to have a very productive season in terms of the stats, whether that means he's a bona fide franchise quarterback. That's the big question. And, and the big test to me is going to come whenever, when things go right with this offense, if the running game is keeping defenses honest, and Hill is running crossers wide open across the field. Yeah, two is going to light it up. There's no question about it. But that's not going to happen the entire season. You and I have been watch football long enough to know that there'll be times when he's going to have to make stuff happen on his own. There well, were signs in the first two years that he's going to he's going to excel at. Not forget even excel. He's going to deliver more often than not in those situations. That's the big question mark for me heading into 2022. Yeah, well, I mean, the guy knows how to win games, but to me, the biggest question is the durability because my confidence level of him getting through a 17-game season is, is, I'd say, less than 50%. I don't see it happening. And if he can't do that, listen, I'm not paying this guy big money to be my franchise quarterback, $30, $40 million a year if you can't even play uh, 10 games a year. So I think the heat is on in, in Miami very early in this uh, – Mickey McDaniel uh, era. And I got another question for you because, you know, the Dolphins, let's be honest, they're not in love with two because they flirted with Brady. They flirted with Sean Payton. So Alan, let me ask you, should, should Mike McDaniel be looking over his shoulder? If this thing goes up in flames, you know, we saw Joe judge, he was one and done. Uh, Steven Ross there, you know, not the most patient man. Maybe is Sean Payton lurking if this whole thing blows up? Yeah, that's a tough one. I also remember, though, that if that thing – first of all, the only way they'd make a change if it goes really south. The Dolphins have had a one-and-done head coach with Cam Cameron in 2007, but they were a one-and-15, 
and didn't win their first game until I think it was week 14. So it would have to go really, really bad uh, for, for the Dolphins to consider making a change. And as far as if they, if it, let's play worst case scenario, if that happens and then they want to revisit Sean Payton, well, they still have to get permission from the Saints because he's still under contract for, I think it was it three more years. And after the tampering, do we, are, we, are we really thinking that the, the Saints are going to say, yeah, go ahead, you can talk to them. And then you have to work out compensation for them. So I'm guessing that the Saints will be like, oh, you want to tamper with them? And now you want to make, want to make a deal for him to coach your team? Yeah, why don't you send us over, fork over more of the first round picks. So, yeah, I, I think the Sean Payton ship has sailed, to be very honest with you. Um, and, and I would be shocked again unless things go, unless it's a complete disaster in 2022 that – uh, McDaniel is going to be here at least for several years or a few years. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, you mentioned the running backs. They bring in Edmonds. They bring in Mostert. They got um, uh, uh, Savan Ahmad uh, over there, Gaskin over. I mean, it's a stable of backs. You mentioned they want to mimic the 49ers model, just like San Francisco, really no kind of bell cow. It's kind of ride the hot hand. Is that how you see it? Yeah, I do think there's a pecking order, though. And then another one that they brought in was Sonny Michelle. But I'm at the point right now where I'm not even sure he's making the 53. I have not liked what I've seen from him mm, wow. uh, in training camp. Uh, I, I think there's a pretty clear – they're going to use several backs, but I think there's a pretty clear cutoff with Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert. And then, depending on who they keep, uh, my guess right now I'm thinking they're probably going to keep Miles Gaskin – could they keep Gaskin and Ahmed? Maybe, uh, but those would be definitely three and four. It's going to be Edmonds and Mostert quite a bit. And Mostert uh, has turned out to be a pretty good story because he had like a really nasty knee injury last year in the opener for San Francisco. There was a question as to whether he'd be ready for the start of camp. Managed to not have to start on PUP. And then last Saturday, he made his preseason debut and had a 26-yard run that started off inside and then he cut outside and basically outran everybody to the outside, showing off that great speed uh, that's been his calling card for the past few years. Yeah, I think he could be a nice change of pace guy there. Uh, the guy, Gaskin t- does really nothing for me. Uh, I didn't really see it last year. I don't know if he's been really lighting it up this training camp, but if it's a numbers game, you know, Gaskin to me, I, I-, I can take it or leave it. He doesn't really move the needle as far as I'm concerned. Hey, Alan Pupart here down in Miami, checking in at Pupart NFL. You see the handle here on the football playbook. First ever guest, though, by the way. Uh, so we'll we'll be pulling out that trivia for the history of time. But um, you mentioned uh, Sony Michelle is on the roster bubble. Who are some other, uh, maybe a surprise cut or a surprise make it for the 53-man roster? Have you... Uh, I'm sure you've remixed your Dolphins uh, 53 man projection by now, right? Uh, I've done three and I'm doing the final one actually this afternoon. So uh, I can't, I don't know if I can give away all my secrets. Um, Well, I I just wrote a story here and I don't even know if it's, if it's a surprise that much and it shouldn't be a surprise if anybody had been watching the Dolphins in the preseason, but they got to keep Skylar Thompson, the rookie seventh round pick quarterback from K-State, who's just nothing but light it up. And it's like when training camp started, it, my thought was like, okay, I mean, or when they drafted him, he's, he's a project type of guy. You stash him on the practice squad and watch him develop. But uh, I have a hard time seeing him clearing waivers if they wind up cutting him based on the way he's played. I mean, dude dude looks legit. I mean, he looks legit. Um, 
having said that, he's done it against second teamers or even third teamers at the end of preseason games. Still, the dude looks has looked still really, did it. Really impressive. Yeah, really impressive. Um, yeah, Sonny Michelle's the one who looks to me like he's very in danger. There'll be a, a big name wide receiver. Preston Williams not making the team. Um, but that's not a sorry. If you've been watching him all summer for us down here, it's not a surprise in the least. To the outside, it might be what happened. Uh, what happened there? He showed well, he, flashes at one point. Well, his first two years, he was good until he got hurt at the halfway point of each year and then came back last year and did very, very little. And then this year was completely weird. He was a restricted free agent. The Dolphins don't extend him a qualifying offer. And then he re-signs with the Dolphins as a UFA, which to me was weird to begin with. And then they they pick up not only Cedric Wilson and Tyreek Hill in the offseason, they also pick up Trent Sherfield as a free agent from the 49ers, who's looked really, really good, who's going to make this team. And then Preston Williams, number one, doesn't get open. Uh, he's not nearly consistent enough with the catching to to be able to justify not getting open and and doesn't play special teams other than punt returns. And on Saturday night in the last preseason game, when he came in with a very, very small chance of making the roster, well, he had two punt returns, one of which he lost four yards on it after trying to go backwards across the field. And then he had another one where he tried to feel it at the four yard line and muffed it and the Eagles recovered. So um, that'll, that'll write you off the team. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Lynn Bowden jr. Is also in trouble. Um, the former third round pick from the, the Raiders. Uh, he's got a shot. If the, if the dolphins keep six to me, it's between Lynn Bowden jr. And river Craycraft. Great name. Um, who spent some time with the 49ers as well, who can contribute on special teams, who had a big night on Saturday night. Well, I, I got to agree with the Skylar Thompson assessment because I, I think he might have been the best-looking quarterback in this preseason. And, uh, you know, I remember Kansas State, I think two years ago, before the ACL injury where he missed the entire year. I think he beat Notre Dame, got the NFL scouts' attention, was out for the season, then came back, was kind of under the radar – but this kid has got the goods, man. He's got a good size. He's got a good arm. Obviously, he's got a good intelligence. He's picking up that playbook pretty well. And I agree with you. They, they cannot afford to put him on the practice squad because he'll never make it through waivers. The Dolphins have to carry three quarterbacks for sure. I'm sure he'll be an inactive, a healthy scratch. But that's the cost of doing business when you have a good quarterback around the league. We're going to get you out of here in just a second. But if the Dolphins were to be scouring the waiver wire, Alan, what, what position – uh, could they be looking to upgrade, do you think? Yeah, that, that's pretty clear. Uh, it, number one would be a backup offensive tackle because right now they have Teron Armstead and Austin Jackson. Armstead was on a uh, load management deal during training camp where he would skip a couple of days, practice, skip, practice, skip, didn't play in any of the preseason games. I mean, the guy's a great player, but he's never played a full season in the NFL. Last year played nine games, I believe it was. So they need to have somebody ready in the – in the likelihood you mentioned Tua with the durability issue as well. It's the same thing with Armstead. And right now the two backups at tackle are Larnell Coleman, who was a rookie seventh round pick last year, spent a year on IR. And then Greg Little, who kind of flopped as a second round pick in Carolina, who made his preseason debut Saturday night, looked good. But again, it was against the Eagles backup people. So that's number one. Number two, they probably could use it, but they could probably could use a backup cornerback. Um, but somebody – Somebody of like a high level backup cornerback, if that makes any sense. Like, for example, like Joe Hayden would be great, except Joe Hayden wants to be a starter 
and that's not happening in Miami when Byron Jones comes back. Byron Jones has been on PUP the entire summer. Um, don't know 100% yet whether the Dolphins are going to activate him before tomorrow at 4 p.m., or he's going to start on reserve pup, which knocks him out for the first four games. Mm. And after Byron Jones, there's a massive drop-off to the next set of quarterbacks, whether it be Nick Needham, Noah Benogany, Keon Crossan. Um, and then in the way the Dolphins play their defense, which is very, very aggressive, put a lot of pressure on their on their two starting outside cornerbacks to be able to cover man-to-man while they have the complete stud in Xavier Howard on one side. And Byron Jones also is very, very good, even though he gets knocked for not getting interceptions, which is fair, but the dude can cover. Uh, if they don't have Byron Jones, it's either they have to, you know, scale back the aggressiveness a little bit or go out and find somebody who's, again, starter caliber where they can do the same things they've always done with Byron Jones. Yeah, I saw Malcolm Butler get cut by the Patriots. I wonder if he's on the short list. Uh, I want to get you out of here real quick, though. My Dolphins prediction, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to give them a, a straight three and three record in the in the division. Let's just say they split with everybody. We'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I see this team going maybe five and six, six and five. I don't see a double digit win victory. I'll put them at nine and, and eight. Are you buying the over or the under? Man, that's rough. Um, we'll make it eight and a half. <laughs> uh, okay. Here's the thing is I reserve judgment to change my mind and I will not be held responsible or held to account for my, for what I say here right now. Right now, if you ask me over and under nine, nine and eight, I'm going to go uh, over, but not, but not horribly confidently. How's that? All right. Well, it's optimist, optimistic enough. We'll take it. Uh, we're going to get you out of here, but let us know what's going on with the all dolphins over there on SI. I see you got the uh, 53 projection cooking. What else can fans find over there at the website? Everything and anything. How's that? I, I just, like, as I mentioned, I, I, I sized up the Skylar Thompson situation this morning uh kind of presented some points and also uh, uh, dug up some uh, interesting facts from the recent years that would suggest or tell us what the Dolphins have done in this situation in the past including what they did when the last time they drafted a quarterback in the seventh round which was Brandon Dowdy in 2016 Western Kentucky that would be the guy yeah. uh, for South Florida native as well uh who wasn't nearly as good as Skylar Thompson by the way uh, so I'm doing that. The roster projection as well. I'm going to do, uh, along with the roster projection, practice squad candidates for those that I wind up cutting, um, like the nasty Turk that I am. And then at some point, uh, we're looking for uh, whether the Dolphins make it official with Trey Flowers, who agreed to terms on Sunday. Mike McDaniel telling us, uh, I can confirm that I'll be able to confirm when it's confirmable. <laughs> that, was, that was his comment. Um, but agreeing to terms and signing the contract is two different things. It's possible they may they're not practicing today, so maybe they wait until tomorrow to put it together along with all the other moves, as opposed to having to cut one guy today to make room for flowers. So um, we'll be on top of everything. Awesome, good stuff, Alan. I always love chopping it up and breaking it down, talking some football with you, my man. Make sure you go follow him at Popart NFL. You see it there on the monitor. Hey, Rick Saratella, the football playbook. First guest in the books. We'll be back right after this with John Do I, get a, plaque? Do I get a plaque as a first guest? Absolutely. First guest? It's in the mail, brother. It's in the mail. We're sending you a trophy, a plaque. Uh, we'll get you back here during the season, and we look forward to it. Hey, the football playbook taking you up to noon Eastern uh, to, to the, uh, the sports take, guys. We'll be back right after this. 
Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Plan your day with confidence. Definitely want to keep the umbrellas on hand. And keep your family safe with action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Well over seven inches of rain. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising right now. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. On TV, on 6abc.com, and on our streaming apps. And that's when we go severe weather mode and on the air for you. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Go for the polls. And the pools. Go for the oohs. And the ahs. Go for the bubbles. And the bubbly. Go for the story. And the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. at it again. Rick Saratella here on the football playbook, kind of like it is when it comes to the NFL draft and everything football here on the football playbook, taking you up to the sports take at 12 noon Eastern. Hey, it's a double chin strap affair. Our first uh, edition of the football playbook. So excited to be with you here today. We're going to chop it up and get into some uh, Eagles talk in hour one. We'll go more on the national side. Hour two, Uh, we're going to welcome in our next guest. But before we do, just keeping it uh, funky in the chat room. Shout out to all my chat room people. Thank you for waking up with us today. And Jeremiah, I see you there, brother. We're going to have to get you a plaque for the first ever comment, too, because we're trying to light up the chat room. So please uh, feel free to chime in and uh, chop it up. This will be chat driven. We'll take the uh, gauge of temperature. I see John. I see uh, Tavern Mike. I see uh, all kinds of good people out there. Samalji and Brian and big shout out to all the chat room people. Big shout out to our next guest, John Macaron from the All Lions on Sports Illustrated, joining us now here on the Football Playbook. There he is, Johnny boy. How are you today, brother? I'm awesome, man. Congrats on the show. I'm looking forward always to talking football with you. Really, you said you want to light up the chat. I'll take the challenge, man. I think that when you have great guests and you have great chat, you got yourself a great show. And Rick, man, I can't wait to talk uh, anything in all things football, especially the Detroit Lions. 
I love talking football with you because you bring the energy, you bring the passion, you bring the fire. And uh, hey, the Lions and Eagles are matching up week one here. We're going to get into all that. Uh, but before we do, uh, make sure you follow John, by the way, at Detroit Podcast. Want to get that in there. He's doing great things at All Lions on the SI Network. We'll get to that in just a second. But hey, uh, I'm still playing catch up on Hard Knocks. I saw the first two episodes. Got to make up some time here. But who doesn't love them some Dan Campbell? I mean, are you drinking the Kool-Aid here, Johnny? Yeah, absolutely. Dan Campbell is quite the personality change from our previous head coach in Matt Patricia, who was very stern, really dry with the media, really tough to decipher anything that he was trying to deliver. Dan Campbell, quite frankly, just as a real head coach, what you see is what you get. And for those of you in the chat watching Hard Knocks, checking in as to what the lines are about, all you got to do is really go back and find Dan Campbell's intro uh, introductory media session where he's talking about kneecaps, trying to set the tone for a Detroit Lions football team that has basically been in the dweller of the National Football League. And so in his second year, he's got a lot going on in terms of trying to really pick up things for the organization after a three-win year. So when you watch Hard Knocks, obviously they're focusing a lot on Dan Campbell, his speeches, and I think that the Lions – the organization, the media, the fans, they've really taken to somebody that has that really just comes across as a real head coach, a real person. And for a media member, it's great because when you ask questions, he'll punt when he needs to. But when he needs to give information, he definitely is willing to be frank and honest. And that's all you can ask for is a real head coach that can potentially start to lift the tides and the fortunes of the Detroit Lions. No shortage of uh, sound bites there for the Detroit media when Dan Campbell comes to the uh, podium for sure. Uh, but I like the I like the pieces in play. I like what Chris Spielman has done in in terms of just surrounding himself with real football people. And you know they weren't uh, swayed by they weren't shied away by taking a guy like Jamison Williams who they thought was the best wide receiver in the draft, even if he misses the first half of the season. But Amon Ross St. Brown, good friend of the show. I mean, uh, one of the best playmaking wideouts down the stretch of last season, in my opinion. And uh, DeAndre Swift has got all the potential in the world. But I think they hit a home run on this Aiden Hutchinson. Say what you want about Trayvon Walker. I think this might be the best thing that's happened to the Detroit Lions in a long time. Yeah, you're looking for an identity. And Brad Holmes, Chris Spielman in the front office, they definitely want to kind of build a culture with the Detroit Lions. I think that obviously when you look to build a football team, you want to build in the trenches. And that's what general manager Brad Holmes set out to do in his first NFL draft last year, picking up Panay Sewell, working to pick up a couple players along the defensive line. And then this year, using high draft picks again on a couple more defensive linemen. I think that having Aiden Hutchinson fall into the lap of the Detroit Lions, really, you know, a hometown kid that played his college football at the University of Michigan coming off of one of their best seasons, really all bodes well for the Detroit Lions. And then what we got to see this year all throughout training camp is a player that is ready, a true pro already, uh, gratiating himself to the coaching staff, the members of the roster, and everybody that got a chance to see the early episode of Hard Knocks, a little bit of personality too. I mean, it takes a lot of guts, a lot of gumption to stand up in front of a room of uh, egomaniacs and football players 
And being able to deliver a song like Billy Jean, Michael Jackson in front of a group of men like that and perform, I think that you have a, a character in Aiden Hutchinson that I, I hope that he can deliver out on the football field, especially in, in, in regards to fixing and resolving an area that the Lions have struggled for the past few years in terms of the pass rush. If he can be part of the solution along with some other members that have emerged, like Charles Harris, Austin Bryant, then the, the Detroit Lions defense, which struggled really, you know, Rick, last year, their metrics in a lot of defensive categories were really, really poor. So you now have Aiden Hutchinson potentially anchoring a defensive line. A lot of people are excited about his potential. Yeah, Billy Jean, uh, uh, you mentioned Michael Jackson and would have been 64 today, his birthday. Oh, by the way, uh, John Macaroon here on the Football Playbook Show. Oh, by the way, following our guy, Alan Pupart, part of the uh, Sports Illustrated familia here. Make sure you go check out uh, at Detroit's uh, podcast. And what's the website domain, John? Yep, absolutely. You can visit. Uh, we, we definitely cover all things regarding the Detroit Lions. If you're a big fan of Michigan and Aiden Hutchinson, check out si.com slash NFL slash Lions. And we definitely cover all angles of the Detroit Lions, including podcasts, videos, analysis. And uh, now at this point in the season, lots of uh, projections regarding who's going to make the Lions 53-man roster. Yeah, Johnny's rip-roaring ready to go. You mentioned Panay Sewell, who... I forgot about for a second there. And I remember going to uh, Oregon uh, his sophomore season when the Ducks offensive line, they had about five or six guys on uh, 53 man rosters that year, but I was down on the field and I saw a wild man just bullying uh, his fellow offensive line mates and even knocking them into the ground during the pregame, his own teammates. And I said, who is this guy? And it was Panay Sewell. He was like a Samoan warrior out there just firing up his team. And I said, buckle up. This guy can play for me any day. And I think that's what you're getting. You're getting that Dan Campbell intensity, that tenacity that uh, Sewell and Hutchinson bring to the table. And they, no doubt about it, upgraded the talent pool on this roster from top to bottom. So I'm sure you'll be unveiling your updated uh, 53-man Lions projection if you haven't already. Give us a guy that might be a surprise cut or give us a guy that might be a surprise uh, make it on the 53-man roster or give us a, one of both. Yeah, absolutely. I think the Lions roster, really, when you look at it, it's one of the youngest football teams. So that's why when people and pundits and people that are peeking into the Lions are wondering what's the ceiling for a team like this, I'm thinking in the neighborhood of six to eight wins. The offense has certainly improved uh, by and large, like you said, with Panay Sewell and an offensive line that I think is going to be very talented. Now, when you look at this roster, it's very young. And I think it, it was done for a reason. They want these players to learn and to understand Dan Campbell's system. And a player that I think embodies that is wide receiver Tom Kennedy. Now, he has the really a, a tough situation being a wide receiver because the top of that depth chart is really stout in regards to Amonra St. Brown, DJ Chark, and Josh Reynolds. And you still have Jamison Williams, who's going to return at some point in the middle of the season. But Tom Kennedy throughout the preseason embodies everything that Dan Campbell and this organization wants. When the lights are on, you perform. Each and every practice, even though he's undersized, is a player that contributed, was a player that made plays and was on the receiving end of a couple touchdowns in the preseason. So I have him in my projection making the roster over the likes of a Trinity Benson. Now a surprise cut, I just think that when you look at what's going on, the talk this morning, Rick, has been just 
the highlighting the play of the backup quarterbacks. It's just been abysmal, horrible. Mm -hmm. And so many people are wondering which of the two backup quarterbacks could be let go. Now, both David Blau and Tim Boyle had an opportunity to get significant reps against the Steelers and both really did not perform well. So they could end up cutting one or both here in the next 48 hours in my bold 53 man projection. I just had the lines right now going into the season with one quarterback. And then this week looking along the waiver wire for anybody, whether it be Mason Rudolph, whether it be white out there with the jets. I just think that the lions, if they really are speaking the truth regarding uh, players earning their way on the roster, David Blau and Tim Boyle did not do enough to earn a spot. So in my bold, 53-man roster prediction at all lines. I have the Lions cutting both backups and trying to figure out, going back to the drawing board, trying to figure out what to do at that backup spot because if anything happens to Jared Goff, the Lions season is going to tank because the two backups will not give anybody confidence that they can make plays or win football games. No, that's interesting. And I I thought Boyle kind of blew it because he got benched there in the first half. They bring in Blau out of Purdue, the uh, one-time quarterback of Cradle Cradle of Quarterback University. Wow. Uh, that's that's interesting there with the quarterback. Uh, my guy, Tom Kennedy, out of Bryant, though, from Rhode Island. I mean, this guy, all he does is make plays. All he does is show up, go to work. I mean, how does he not make the roster? So I, I'd love to see him make the squad. And if he doesn't, I would imagine somebody's going to snatch him up in a heartbeat. All right. I want to get your thoughts on um, – how the lions stack up with the Eagles week one before I do what, what's your thoughts on the Mitchell Trubisky and Kenny Pickett quarterback uh, competition. You mentioned Mason Rudolph, who I think is kind of the odd man out, but we saw it last night. Uh, You know, seems like it's leaning towards Trubisky. Would you do the same or what's your thought? Yeah. Generally speaking, my philosophy has always been to let young quarterbacks sit for a year minimum because it's there's such a lot going on in the league in terms of learning a playbook it's not so much the plays it's the terminology the terminology is slightly different than what a lot of these young athletes are exposed to in college and so to lead a group of men I just think you need that veteran experience now in this day and age though it just sometimes doesn't happen because you see the likes of a Justin Herbert or a Patrick Mahomes uh, who, when they do get their opportunity, tend to shine. So then you naturally question, why weren't they out there sooner? But me personally, I love the Aaron Rodgers philosophy. Sit behind an experienced veteran, learn learn the ropes, be how to read defenses, kind of have the first couple years not having the massive pressure. Because look, you know, especially now hosting a, an NFL show, uh, talking to NFL, looking at everything going on, the NFL – is quick to judge. And if you don't come out right away and perform at a supremely high level, they're quick to replace you. And so I just think that I've been impressed with what I've seen from Kenny Pickett. I think a natural fit for the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, but why expose him to all the, uh, you know, could you imagine you're Kenny Pickett and you're you're tasked with replacing Ben Roethlisberger? (laughs) That might be a little bit of a tall climb. So I would In essence, I would start Mitchell Trubisky and see how he does the first six or seven games. Look, the Steelers program is established, so I think that Trubisky can find some success. And if he doesn't, if it's a little bit rocky, maybe you then go to the bullpen and pick up uh, Kenny Pickett later in the year. But I'm always of the opinion that 
the psyche of young quarterbacks is so fragile already that if they get uh, get out there too soon and they struggle, then potentially their ceiling may be diminished and you may end up uh, not having the same level of success that you should. So I would start Trubisky, but look out, NFL. I think Pickett has a lot to prove, especially if you, he's one of those guys with a great mental mindset and he wants to prove everybody wrong who talked and dissed him about his hand size. I think that Pickett might be one of those guys that you want to pay attention to down the road in a couple of years. No doubt. Pickett's a gamer. He was training down here in Jersey at the Test Football Academy leading up to the draft, had a chance to chop it up with him, the Jersey Shore native. And uh, I just love the energy that the teammates rally around this guy. I think he's going to be the real deal. I'm, I'm excited for what Kenny Pickett brings. I'm excited for the week one matchup between the Lions and Eagles because I got to be honest, John. I think it's I think it's tough sledding for the Lions to win double their do more than double their win total. Where they three and thirteen, I think anything more than five or six wins is going to be an uphill climb. But they have all the pieces in place except for the quarterback, like you mentioned. Uh, the offensive line, you could argue they're right up there. The Eagles, everybody touts the Eagles as the best offensive line in the league. Eh, the Detroit Lions might have something to say about that, but uh, give us kind of your preview. How do the Lions stack up with the Eagles here and uh, quick prediction? Yeah, absolutely. I think the Lions really are going to want to avenge what happened last year. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles in one of the rare games where the Lions weren't competitive, put a hurting on the Lions. I think dropped 44 on the Lions defense. So it'll be a true test to see if the defensive line can stop a run-heavy football team. I think that the Eagles are, are trending in the right direction with quarterback Jalen Hurts, and they have a stout running game that they can lean on. So that'll be their early calling card. They want to see if they can run the football against Detroit's defensive line. And let's see if the Lions can answer the bell. The difference here is I think the game will be much more competitive. I think that being it's the season opener, all the hype and circumstance, pomp and circumstance surrounding the opener, the uh, season opener, I think the Lions offense is primed and ready to go. The key for the Lions is going to be De DeAndre Swift. If he can be explosive, if he can, you know, early in the game, help the Lions maybe get out to a lead, play out in front, that might play a little bit more to the Lions' strengths. But if the Eagles come in, and that their offense rolls like they did last year, it's going to be tough sledding. I think it's going to be a close game, but I agree. I think Philly leaves this one with a very close win in the neighborhood of like 30-27 uh, late because the Lions, until they show that they can make the critical play in the regular season late, then you have to assume that a young football team will make the one mistake that might be just too much to overcome. I like what they're doing in Philly. I love the tight end situation. I love uh, the development of Jalen Hurts. He's mobile. So that always presents a problem for a Lions defense. So I think it's going to be a loss, but I hope that for the sake of Detroit and their supporters, that it's a close contest because if it's another blowout. Mm, it's going to be a little bit of talk about what's going on with Dan Campbell. And is he really motivating this young team? Well, I, I think it'll be a close competitive game. I think the Lions will be in a lot of close competitive games. And I got a flashback to the um, Deuce Staley scene, who's now with the Lions as the uh, offensive coordinator, I believe. And there's a there's a moment in Hard Knocks when he's in the running back room, I, I believe, with uh, DeAndre Swift. And he says, look, dude, you have a chance to be something special in this league. Like stop cutting it outside, plant your foot, get up field and you're going to make some noise. And I even, I remember they flashed to the game action and like he even called them out on the side, like you get up field, get up field. So is this the year DeAndre Swift turns the quarter and, and becomes that? Because Jamal Williams seems like he runs much harder. 
Yeah, uh, Deuce Daly is the running backs coach. Detroit has a new offensive coordinator in Ben Johnson. So okay. we've yet to see the full range of this offense. It looks to be more explosive, but absolutely. DeAndre Swift came out and told us at training camp that his goals are high. He wants to become one of the rare running backs to secure both 1,000 yards rushing and 1,000 yards receiving this year. And the key for Swift is going to be staying healthy. Obviously, the Philadelphia native is somebody that people are paying attention to, might give the Eagles defense a little bit of fits. Uh, I think his skill set is probably, if you look at a, a comparison, is the likes of Elvin Kamara, somebody that can be used out of the backfield. But uh, in terms of the Lions running backs, I think that there, there's been a tough competition behind Swift and Jamal Williams and Craig Reynolds. And look to, uh, at all Lions, I had an opportunity to catch up with veteran Justin Jackson who was cut from the Chargers, and I really liked what he displayed. I think that getting cut and not having an opportunity to finish out with the Chargers gave him a new perspective that, hey, you know what? Your opportunities are limited, and he came and performed very well. I think he comes in and understands what the Lions are trying to accomplish. So that's going to be one of those interesting decisions that the Lions make. Do they keep him or a player that's more adept at special teams like a Godwin Iguibuque? But in regards to Swift, I think that using him out of the backfield and really keeping him involved and then really running behind this offensive line, if he can listen to the running backs coach and Deuce Daly, who's very passionate, and really find the holes and not be willing to kind of maybe give up those extra three, four yards by going out of bounds, then look for him to have a great season. I think he's poised. He, they've limited his contact in training camp. He's bulked up massively. I think he's ready for the grind. He's been challenged by the coaches to be more durable. This could be the year. If you're a fantasy player, if you haven't had your draft yet, look for DeAndre Swift, especially in PPR leagues. All right, we shall see. Uh, Deuce Staley, by the way, I think is somebody who is head coaching material uh, all the way. So uh, we'll be keeping tabs there. You'll be keeping tabs on the Lions over on SI.com. Uh, what do you got cooking good looking for the people at home on the website? Absolutely. Every single day, all day, we love watching, covering the National Football League. It's a true honor to be able to uh, come from where we did uh, in, in, in the podcast world and work our way up in the media to cover the Detroit Lions on the beat. And we're there. We cover the Lions, everything involved with the Lions, video analysis, highlights, uh, speculation, looking at who potential the next uh, backup quarterback is going to be, season projections. We got it all. And I think those that have uh, come and found us have found that we are local guys that are on the scene and really look to, to cover the Detroit Lions from all angles. And in this new era, I, I'm, I'm definitely uh, feel, feeling uh, satisfied and grateful for the opportunity to come on your show, talk football, and to be around the Detroit Lions because this is it has the feel of a new era. And if Dan Campbell and the young coaching staff that are comprised of a lot of former NFL players, then maybe we can have some success similar to the Philadelphia Eagles. If that can be the case, we'll take it here in Detroit. One playoff victory since 1991. We're starving here in Detroit, and we're looking for success. And hopefully when the, when the tides turn, you guys follow us at All Lions. Well, hey, we'll be looking forward to it, man. Make sure you go follow John at Detroit Podcast. I'm sure we'll have you back here on the show, John. Thanks for hopping on and making the football playbook uh, first show a success here. We'll be back with our guy Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders here on the Football Playbook, joining us, taking you up to uh, the 12 o'clock hour. We'll be back right after this.
Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Plan your day with confidence. Definitely want to keep the umbrellas on hand. And keep your family safe with Action News and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Well over seven inches of rain. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising right now. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. On TV, on 6abc.com, and on our streaming apps. And that's when we go severe weather mode and on the air for you. Action News and AccuWeather. The team you trust. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Buckle up. It's the football playbook here with Rick Saratella. Do us a favor. If you like what you're hearing, smash, mash, bash the like button. Go ahead. Get in on it. Show us some love, people, the chat room people. Uh, lighten it up, man. Appreciate all the love and support out there on the Jacob Media Network. Big shout out to Ocean Casino, Atlantic City. Uh, make sure you go check out those guys. And make sure you check out Football Outsiders if you want to really prepare for the NFL season. Uh, Football Outsiders is load of nuggets, information, analytics, and the man behind it all joins us right now. Aaron Schatz here on the Football Playbook, my fellow Jersey brethren. Good morning, Aaron. How are you today, brother? Hey, yeah. Jersey from way back. I left Jersey when I was two years old, but I was born. <laughs> That's all right. We still we still chop it up and break it down and talk some Jersey. I think uh, last time I probably saw you was out at the NFL Scouting Combine. And um, always good to catch up here, especially getting a finger on the pulse uh, with the national NFL scene. But uh, we have a big Philadelphia contingency here, Aaron. And I I saw you on another show. I saw you make a prediction. I said, we got to rile up the Dirty Bird fans here. We got to get the juices flowing on the first edition of the football playbook. So, uh, Tone, give us the drum roll, please. We're going to start off with a bang and talk at uh, Eagles edition here. I mean, you have 
the Eagles, well, I'll let you say, what do you think the Eagles will do this year, Aaron? I have the Eagles as my Super Bowl NFC pick. I have Bills over Eagles as my Super Bowl pick. Eagles going to the Super Bowl. Hey, now, uh, what a what a prediction here. And I think, you know, there's a lot of high expectations. But you're the first person that I've seen gone on record and say the Eagles have a Super Bowl contending team. Now, I look at the Rams kind of, hey, they're the champs until they ain't king of the mountain. But to me, Tom Brady, the Bucks, they don't really have the same feel. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, the Packers, I'm not sure I'm sold on that. So to me, the Eagles are right there in that tier two category. And it all depends on Jalen Hurts, right? So, I mean, what are, what are the uh, what does the data at Football Outsiders say about Jalen Hurts? Well, it doesn't all depend on Jalen Hurts. A lot depends on Jalen Hurts. And he'll need to improve to prove my projection correct. Yes, absolutely. But he was an average passer last year and when you combine that with his rushing ability that makes him an above average quarterback but mostly what we like is one the talent they put around him right like they added a lot of talent this offseason in particular the defense should really turn around with Hassan Reddick, James Bradbury, Kazir White who I mean Kazir White's not great but he's an upgrade on what they had at linebacker last year and the two rookies and getting Brandon Graham back from injury. It should really turn the defense around. And then on offense, all of a sudden now you have A.J. Brown as your number one receiver, plus plus Devontae Smith in his second year, and a great offensive line. It just looks set up really well. But then here's the other thing about Philadelphia. They have, by our numbers, the easiest projected schedule in the league. Therefore, in our ratings, we actually project Tampa Bay and Los Angeles to be better but we project Philadelphia in our simulations, they average more wins because they have an easier schedule than the other top teams in the NFC. No, that's interesting because I think the big question on this Jonathan Gannon led defense is how much they feasted on poor quarterback play down the stretch. They will again. That's the thing. They will feast on poor quarterbacks again this year. So you know, I mean, you can write things off last year because of schedule, but this year's schedule is going to be really easy, too. So, hmm. there you go. Well, with that being said, you know, uh, the offensive line that you mentioned, they put Hurts in position to win. You mentioned the defense additions, but they also added A.J. Brown on offense, which is looking pretty good there with Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard. Uh, They got somewhat of a three-headed backfield with Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell. Miles Sanders, really, it's time for him to put his big boy pants on because uh, the the, the consensus here around these neck of the woods anyway is that the Eagles have the top offensive line unit, and that really sets up Jalen Hurts well. Do you kind of agree with that assessment, Aaron, or what's your take on this Eagles offensive line? Yeah, I mean, they're really strong as both run blockers and pass blockers and all kinds of advanced metrics. I don't you know, doubt that if the Eagles are not the number one offensive line in the league, they're close. So that's, I mean, you know, as uh, really talented as A.J. Brown is and as, you know, they have some good running backs and everything, that's the strength of this offense is the offensive line, no question. All right, we're talking to Aaron Schatz here, football outsiders. Uh, Aaron, how, how long have you been doing the football outsiders? What year of coverage is this for you? This is my 20th year covering the NFL. We launched Football Outsiders as the original NFL analytics site in July of 2003. 
So this will be my 20th season. Congratulations, brother. 20th year anniversary. Come a long way. I mean, you know, I was just a guy working on my off time from my other job when we started this in 2003. And now we've done the 18 different preseason books with our Football Outsiders Almanac that comes out every year. And I'm one of the 50 MVP voters now. And so we've come a long way in 20 years. No question. Yes, you have. And um, so much exciting stuff going on at Football Outsiders. Had a chance to catch you speak at uh, the Sports Management Worldwide Football Career Conference in Indianapolis during the Combine. You really shed some great perspective into the analytics life. And I heard Brian Dayball speaking the other day uh, about how much of an emphasis he puts on uh, analytics, especially on fourth down decisions. I know Brandon Staley is a guy that's kind of been spearheading that chart and takes a lot of criticism, but also gets a lot of kudos in the analytics community. Uh, take us quickly through, you know, some of the things you're teaching. I know you also have a course teaching football analytics, but take us through some of the data. Some of the, how did you come up with the DOA and some of the cool stats that you guys keep tabs on at football? Yeah, if people uh, check out Sports Management Worldwide, smww.com. I teach a football analytics class in the spring, along with Mike Tanier, who's another one of my writers, South Jersey guy. Yep. Uh, So DVOA is the main stat at Football Outsiders, and it comes from, it starts with the idea that different plays mean different things depending on the down and distance, that you have to judge football plays in the context of the down and distance. So it assigns success on every play based on the down and distance, and then compares that to a league average baseline that's adjusted for situation and opponent, and that gets you a team's overall efficiency. And it's proven to be pretty good at predicting things in the past. I mean, you know, football is a, there's a lot of randomness in football. So nothing is really good at predicting things, but it's better than conventional stats at predicting the future. It is a good way to uh, analyze teams. You can break it down because it's done play by play. You can break it down and do just the red zone or just third downs or just this player, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, we update all those DVOA stats at football outsiders. We have a database that goes all the way back to 1981 If you're interested in football history, we have a number of other stats. If you uh, go to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe, you can become a subscriber to uh, FO Plus, which is our premium service. You get the electronic version of our 550-page preseason guide, the Football Outsiders Almanac 2022. Plus, you get the Kubiak Fantasy Football Draft Tool and in-season weekly projections, picks against the spread, and a bunch of fantasy stat uh, research tools that will help you in your DFS teams and your in-season fantasy. Uh, There's a bunch of stuff, a bunch of different stats on the site. No, I mean, you can get lost for days prepping for the season with the Football Outsiders Almanac. I mean, that's great stuff there. Uh, Without giving away, there it is, boom. There it is. I mean, you can thick. look how thick that book is. I was going to say you can knock somebody out with that, but you could go Aaron Donald on somebody with that bad boy. So um, without giving away all the secret sauce in the book, Aaron, what are um, how about like a surprise team that might overachieve or a surprise team that might underachieve according to the football outsiders? couple teams we really like this year, Minnesota and New Orleans. Really? I'm particularly big on New Orleans. New Orleans is our number one projected defense. Okay. And then you think about their offense. Winston was above average last year, but it was only half a season. So let's imagine he's average. Nonetheless, 
they have better receivers now than they did last year with Michael Thomas coming back, plus Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry. All they need to do is put an average offense on the field along with a top defense. If their defense is as good as we think it will be, to be that's all they need is an average offense to be over their Las Vegas total of eight and to be a wild card team. Okay, well, that, that's interesting because they are without Kamara, I think, for the first stretch. Well, of the no, season. because here's the thing is Kamara, his uh, legal dates have constantly been delayed and delayed and delayed. And so we kept waiting for the suspension to come down. But the suspension probably is waiting for the legal hearings and the legal hearings have been delayed till midseason. So I don't is that think right? there is I didn't a suspension even know that. coming for Kamara. Huh. I don't think there's okay. a suspension coming. Wow. All right. Very good. Well, since you're talking Saints, how about um, the quarterback there that uh, went from uh, t- quarterback to uh, uh, tight end? You know who I'm talking oh, about. Oh, Taysom there. Hill. Yeah, we, we, we'd we like them to stop wasting our time with Taysom Hill. At least they don't <laughs> think that Taysom Hill is a starting quarterback anymore. At least they know now he's a gadget player. But no, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Hill and uh, with the new head coach, Dennis Allen, and how he does things similarly or not similarly to Sean Payton. But there, there's just a lot of talent on that team that people don't know about. The, the defense in particular is underrated with you know Cameron Jordan and Demario Davis. These are not guys who get talked about a lot, but they're very good players. Yeah, and you can argue. I mean, they can compete for that division, uh, no doubt about it. They're going to be a competitive team. But I do think Jameis has to – stay healthy, right? He's got to show us that he can do it. Yeah. I mean, with any team, you want their starting quarterback to stay healthy, but at least with Andy Dalton, they have a better backup situation than they did last year. But you know, any team, if the starting quarterback for almost any team in the league gets hurt, that team is in big trouble. No doubt about it. Aaron shots here on the football outsiders, breaking it down, chopping it up. Uh, Aaron, what are some of the things that you have cooking over at the football outsiders? What can fans log on and see this upcoming week or so? Uh, well, I mean, we'll have uh, predictions for over-unders this week on player props, predictions on award props. Uh, next week, we will have the, the start of our college content actually starts this week. Uh, next week, we'll have our staff predictions. Uh, and uh, coming soon is a new column by Derek Klassen, who's our film research guy. We'll be breaking down every game of the week with film study. That'll be out every Friday on Football Outsiders this season. So lots of cool stuff coming on our site over the next couple of weeks. And you guys are diving into the college uh, side of things? What's going on We've done college for a while. We do three college articles a week. We have a rating system called the FEI ratings that rate drive. It's a drive-based efficiency rating system. And then we do a Friday column called Seventh Day Adventure that predicts, uh, talks about previewing the games of the weekend. And then a Monday wrap up column that wraps up the games of the weekend and looks forward to the next week. Outstanding. I'll have to check that out and get on it. Hey, we appreciate you popping on. Thanks for being patient in the uh, virtual green room and joining us here on the football playbook edition. Uh, any parting shots for the people? Any little shout outs you want to give before we let you boogie? Just remind you can still read the Football Outsiders Almanac 2022, 550 page, over 550 pages of previews. You'll find this printed version on Amazon for $29.99. Or like I said, to get an electronic version, you become an FO Plus subscriber at footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe do it do it now do it right now make sure you go follow him at fo underscore a shots he is aaron shots celebrating 20 years 
of football coverage there on Football Outsiders. Joining us here on the Football Playbook, we'll be back right after this to uh, bring it on home. Go passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Plan your day with confidence. Definitely want to keep the umbrellas on hand. And keep your family safe with Action News and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Well over seven inches of rain. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising right now. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. On TV, on 6abc.com, and on our streaming apps. And that's when we go severe weather mode and on the air for you. Action News and AccuWeather. The team you trust. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Go for the polls. And the pools. Go for the oohs. And the ahs. Go for the bubbles. And the bubbly. Go for the story. And the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. it again all right seeing a place to be rick saratella here on the football playbook brought to you by ocean casino and resorts in atlantic city home of 10 time rewards in the month of august good check them out the gallery will be frequenting them uh, a lot during the football season especially especially for that eagles uh post game show the star-studded lineup here on the jacob media network uh here with you today bringing you to the 12 o'clock hour where the sports take guys uh, we'll take over from there from 12 to 3, and then Dan Cilio bringing it home from 3 to 6. Big shout-out to our guy Jeff Kerr kicking off his uh, NFC around the NFC East show here on Jacob Media. He'll be live every day kicking things off at 7 a.m. Eastern 
uh, followed by Birds 365 from 10 to 12, taking you into the football playbook. Our guys, uh, Mac and Mac, Jody Mac, Johnny Mac, uh, was good to fill in there during the summer, be on with those guys. And uh, an honor and a privilege to just follow two legends in the game and count you down to the sports take each and every day. It's just uh, an incredible lineup that the Krause boys have put together. Big shout out to Joe and Xander uh, for doing big willy things. And a big shout out to all our chat room people keeping it live and funky. Jeremiah, John, Tavern Mike, Kevin, you know, smash, mash, bash that like button. Show your boys some love. What'd you hear on the football playbook? Our first episode here, uh, halfway through, we got an hour power uh, down, another power hour to go. And a um, couple things I wanted to get off my chest here before I do a uh, quick programming note. We have uh, sipping the stateside and eating White Castle. I love it, Johnny Dixon in the chat room. Yes, sir. Uh, smash the glass, baby. Hey, stateside, where's my uh, where's my product? Where's my sample? I want to smash the glass myself. And um, tomorrow we'll be smashing it up and bashing it up too. Uh, if you liked today's preview, we had uh, Alan Popart recapping the Dolphins and Eagles earlier on in the show. John Macaron. Uh, previewing that Lions Eagles matchup for week, and you just heard Aaron Shots from the Football Outsiders putting the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Hey now, uh, we, we you know that's something we did last year on the state of football was get football a uh, Super Bowl prediction. So uh, Shots has the Eagles going to the Super Bowl. He carefully crafted those words, so he has the Bills over the Eagles. I'll have to circle back to Allen and John to get their Super Bowl prediction, but we'll keep tabs on that uh, as we will tomorrow when Ed Kratz from Eagles today over there on the Sports Illustrated Network joins us. We're hoping to have um, Eddie every Tuesday. We'll see how that works out. Uh, we're always going to keep our finger on the pulse with the Eagles. We're also going to pay attention to the national scene. We're also going to talk some college football here too on the football playbook. And I'll get into some of that later on in the show. Uh, Chad Ryder, our guy from NFL.com will be on tomorrow. A uh, huge, huge draft, Nick. And uh, we'll be ch talking some NFL draft tomorrow with Chad Ryder from the NFL.com who does a great job. Eugene Chung, good friend of the show. How about that? Uh, we talked, make so much about this Eagles offensive line. Well, Hey, uh, that offensive line coach from the Eagles Super Bowl run will be here tomorrow. Tell us what he saw. He was the guy, if you remember, uh, that he was tasked with the Jordan Mulata project, right? I mean, he took this raw kid out of Australia, coached him up into now the uh, starting left tackle. So we'll get his thoughts on the Eagles offensive line. And, uh, oh, by the way, how about um, Lane Johnson? Not making the NFL top 100? Really? Uh, we'll get his thoughts on that as well tomorrow. We'll get into that top 100 at the end of the show here today if we have some time. And then we'll check in with uh, DeAndre Torrey, who uh, was recently released with the Eagles. You know, the Eagles outside of the three-headed monster, which is uh, Sanders and Scott and Gainwell, um, I don't know if Tory comes back. I don't know if they look outside for some running back help. I love, I like Jason Huntley. I think he kind of blew the opportunity there in that preseason game. 
he he really needed to be an X factor in the return game if he had any shot. I think of staying on this fifty-three man roster, and it looks like Jalen Rager is here to stay. So I think that's bad news for Jason Huntley, who I really liked coming out of New Mexico State. Kennedy Brooks, maybe practice squad fodder. Um, if they want to just have a bigger back on the back burner, I could see them bringing back some Kennedy Brooks for a little bit. Um, so we'll see how that all plans out. We'll chop it up tomorrow with some good guests there. Kratz, Ryder, Chung, and Tory. It's a jam-packed affair. We'll also have Bob Wiley on, I think, on the Football Friday affair, who – I mean, nobody knows offensive line better than Bob Wiley. We mentioned the lines on hard knocks. Uh, Bob Wiley, one of the all-time great hard knocks uh, personalities, we shall say. So we're, we're looking forward to that. Hey, we've got guests all week long lined up for you here on the Football Playbook, our first episode here um, on the Jacob Media Network. So, hey, make sure you smash that like button so you get all the show alerts. But we'll be live every day, Monday through Friday weekdays 10 to noon eastern time uh right here streaming and a big shout out to my guy tone behind the stream sometimes on the scene i call him the people's champion he's always got the pulse of the eagles fans the pulse of the chat room now he's got the pulse of the football playbook we'll pop him on at the end of the show get his take on a couple things but um getting you caught up as we look around the league here this uh brian robinson situation what an unfortunate scene out of D.C. Uh, where Brian Robinson, the fourth-round pick for the Washington Commanders, and oh, by the way, looked like he had a, uh, a stranglehold. It looks like he had won the starting running back job away from Antonio Gibson there in Washington. He gets carjacked in D.C. I don't know the um, details are still trickling out. Last time I saw... Washington head coach Ron Rivera put out a statement, I believe, saying that Robinson was in good spirits and looking forward to getting back uh, to the playing field. But, man, I know that it's not a life-threatening situation, but anytime you get shot twice, at it sounds like essentially point-blank range. you got to wonder if the career of Brian Robinson is over. And, you know, going back to uh, his collegiate career, he was going to come out two years ago. Nick Saban did a great job re-recruiting him for his senior year, saying, hey, Brian, you're going to be the stable back. And you saw what he did there in the college football playoffs and into the national championship. Um, I got to say, this is this is really putting a dark cloud over the Washington football team going into the season. Really unfortunate scene. Now, what does it all mean? Well, it means more on the shoulders of Carson Wentz, who I think is going to be a debacle. Uh, it's only a matter of time until it's Heineke time in Washington. Give me some Tyler Heineke. Uh, I don't think Carson Wentz is the answer there in Washington. I do think Antonio Gibson gets his starting job back. Not, not the ideal way you want to get your starting job back, but uh, to me, you know, Gibson is the guy I do like the, you know, you remember, uh, at the senior bowl, you know, we had actually invited him as a running back, uh, to the NFL PA bowl. I think he went to the senior bowl as a receiver or vice versa, but he has that pass catching capability as does uh, uh, JD McKissick. I think he is one of the more underrated guys, uh, in terms of the entire NFL JD McKissick, 
uh, if you're if you're a fantasy guy, his stock has just went up tremendously because he's a nice little gadget player. So um, really unfortunate situation there for the Washington fourth round pick. Um, Brian Robinson, Dank Burrito in the chat says Sam Howell is the quarterback of the future for Washington. Well, he's got more of a future than Carson Wentz. How about that? Um, you know, Carson Wentz has never won a playoff game. And I will go on record and say Carson Wentz will never win a playoff game. And uh, yeah, give me Sam Howell. Let me see what that kid's got because I know Carson Wentz. Now nah, he ain't got it. All right. Uh, the punt God. Woo. A lot of incredible stories here that we were monitoring over the weekend. And uh, Brian Bean, the Bills GM, taking a little bit of flack here, and deservedly so. Deservedly so. Um, I remember watching the NFL draft. Now, the punt god was the biggest punter prospect I had ever seen in, in 20 years covering the NFL draft. The punt god, the punt god, this guy boots uh, Brian Robinson just posted surgery went well. Outstanding. Okay, very good. Thanks for that update, John, in the chat. Um, but the punt god, this guy was like booming 80 yard punts downfield. And, and we said, Oh my God, we've never seen a punter come out like this. And then I'm watching the draft and he's the third punter off the board. And I'm scratching my head. I'm saying, well, that's weird. The punt God got bypassed in the draft. What, why did the Ravens and um, the other team, the two teams that drafted punters before the bills, why did the Ravens take another guy? Why did the punt God not be the first punter off? Well, we're finding out. Now, some teams do more due diligence than others. And the pre, I mean, if you're going to make a draft pick on a punter, don't you think you should do the homework? Now, um, there's some talk out there that NFL teams knew or were alerted of the situation, but did not know the extent or the details of it. Um, I will say it's a little bit. I don't know if it's weird. You know, people always wait until the timing is right sometimes to put news out there. But this happened when Punk God was 21 and the and the victim was 17. We're just finding out now. Uh, apparently, there was a journal entry of the victim recently uh, shown to the Bills that ultimately made the Bills cut the Punk God. It took you the victim's journal entry for you to cut the punt God. And so he was in a punting bot battle, all training camp. They keep the punt God hoping that this never see sees the light of day. And now here we are. Uh, what a, what a scene, you know, this guy's career is probably over before it even started. He had another year of eligibility left, but again, we don't know the details other than the fact that the victim was 17 at the time. Punt God Matareza was 21. Apparently they had sex. I don't know the details. He brought her to another room and there was a gang rape situation that occurred. Man, I mean, God, just what a what a disturbing story. But um just goes to show you the leeway if you're a quarterback. Hello, Deshaun Watson. Uh innocent until proven guilty. Not so much if you're a punter. So uh, we'll see what's next in the punt God saga. But man, just a wild, wild story coming out of Buffalo and Brandon Bean taking some 
heat, as I said, deservedly so. Aaron Donald, dude, bro, are you kidding me, NFL? What? We don't have jurisdiction over what occurs in practice. We're not uh, uh, able to suspend Aaron Donald based on the fact that he ripped two helmets off of uh, the Bengals players and was swinging them around like a gladiator. What the heck? I mean, what are you talking about, NFL? You don't have jurisdiction. This is an embarrassment to the league. This is an embarrassment to Miles Garrett and what he went through. This is an embarrassment to the NFL discipline policy. I mean, what are we doing? What are we doing, NFL? I mean, you suspend guys for everything else that happens outside of practice, off the field, but you can't suspend a guy because of what happens inside of practice? Uh, was that a convenient excuse to not suspend the number two player on the NFL top 100? I mean, what a joke. This is a this is a complete catastrophe and i'll tell you what competition committee you need to make a change you need to change that rule okay uh you can't have guys out there swinging helmets and then saying oh well it's it's gonna be up to the rams to discipline aaron donald give me a break seriously give me a break that's an embarrassment uh really really bad bad um operational procedure there i think in my opinion so my thoughts on aaron donald there i want to talk a little bit about um bob glauber new york newsday 45 years in the game uh one-time president of the pro football writers association big supporter of the nfl draft bible on sports illustrated bob glauber announcing his retirement yesterday uh one of the best in the business i'm telling you guys they, you know, they don't, he, I think he's 67 years old. Uh, they just don't make or train or groom or develop journalists like a Bob Glauber. And that's just the way the media industry has gone. It's nobody's fault, but um, guys like John McCain, McLean, uh, not to be confused with John McCain, who's also uh, birthday would have been 86 today, but John McLean, uh, guys like that at the Houston Chronicle, guys like Bob Glauber, um, shout out to them. I forgot to ask our guy, Alan Popart, about the Dolphins uh, senior vice president, who I, I believe worked in the communications department. He died at the age of 47. Shout out to the Jason Jenkins family. And it sounds like it, he was possibly dealing with about a COVID. I don't want to assume but that is uh, the speculation anyway coming out of Miami. Jason Jenkins, big-time presence uh, in the community and um, passes away at the age of 47. So thoughts and prayers over there with the Dolphins Familia. Okay. And what else is on my mind? Uh, the NFL Top 100, okay, I mentioned. Lane Johnson was snubbed. Okay, the best right tackle in football isn't one of the top 100 players, but Mac Jones is. I mean, come on, Mac Jones. <laughs> Mac Jones. What, what is Mac Jones doing in the NFL top 100? Really? They must be watching a different game than me. Uh, anyway, for those who are interested, the uh, final rankings were unveiled yesterday, and the top 10 reads something like this, and I'll go backwards. Number 10, Travis Kelsey. Number nine, Jalen Ramsey. 
number eight, Patrick Mahomes, which I thought was extremely low for Patrick Mahomes. I'll get into that in a second. Devontae Adams at number seven, I think a little bit too high for my liking. Uh, TJ Watt, number six. And then Jonathan Taylor coming in at number five. Uh, you know, our guy, John Macaron, he said DeAndre Swift, the goal here is a thousand yards receiving, a thousand yards rushing. I was trying to think when he was talking, maybe somebody in the chat, maybe Tone can look it up. Maybe somebody knows this trick. We got a little trivia. Who was the last running back to rush for a thousand and catch for a thousand? My guess would be Thurman Thomas or Roger Craig. Uh, maybe, oh, Marshall Falk. I think those are the three guys that might have done it. Marshall Falk, I think, was the most recent guy. Thurman Thomas, I think, did it. Roger Craig did it, but that would be a heck of a feat. Um, so Jonathan Taylor at number five, hard to argue there, best running back in football. Cooper Cup, how about that? Getting the respect he deserves. Number four, Cooper Cup coming in ahead of Devontae Adams in terms of the NFL players. Cooper Cup's the best wide receiver in football, and hard to argue with that. I mean, I thought he was a legit MVP candidate. Um, Aaron Rodgers at number three, the reigning MVP, and um, Aaron Donald um, at two, Tom Brady uh, at number one, hard to argue with the goat milk uh, at number one. Amazing when you think about it, 45 years old. And I will still, if I got to pick one game to win, I got to win one game today, I'm still going with Tom Brady. Are you kidding me? If I got to pick one game, and I'll tell you what, I know Aaron Rodgers is the uh, multiple MVP winner. After Tom Brady, you want to give Aaron Donald the number two player in the NFL? No qualms about it. He's a, he's a gold jacket when it's all said and done. Uh, after that, Patrick Mahomes, my homies is the biggest difference maker in the league. Like you put Patrick Mahomes on any team and they're borderline Super Bowl contender. I'll take, I'll take Patrick Mahomes over Aaron Rodgers 10 out of 10 times. If I got to win a game today, I, I just don't think Aaron Rodgers is built for the spotlight. I don't think he comes through in the clutch. I don't have a lot of confidence in winning December and January football games when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, so that's the NFL top 100. We had some uh, NFL preseason action last night. Uh, we talked about the Lions and Steelers with John. We got the Lions perspective. We touched base on the Pittsburgh quarterback uh, competition, which, you know, I would say was probably the most heated quarterback competition Uh up for grabs in, in this training camp. Was, was there really a more wide open quarterback competition? I mean, they had three candidates, I guess, Mason Rudolph, if you want to throw him into the mix there, he played very well. And I, I gotta be honest, I've gone back and forth. Uh, I've gone back and forth between Trubisky and Pickett. What should Mike Tomlin do? Well, we know what Mike Tomlin is going to do, but what should he do? Because we know Mike Tomlin uh, never has had a losing record. In fact, I, I saw the graphic on the game. I was surprised. I think the other coach, there's two other coaches that got off to the start of their coaching career to not have a losing record in the first 13 or 14 seasons. 
One of them, surprisingly, was Marty Ball, Marty Schottenheimer. I would have never guessed it. And, you know, uh, Schottenheimer gets criticized for never winning the big game and not having that Super Bowl. But he his first 13 or 14 years as a head coach, Marty Schottenheimer never had a losing record. I think the other guy was Bear Bryant. So um, some pretty good company for Tomlin to be in. But there's a reason why uh, Tomlin doesn't have a losing record and is because he's going to put his team in the best situation to win. Now, if you remember, pretty sure Big Ben Roethlisberger started as a rookie. And you could argue, right, you could argue uh, maybe Kenny Pickett had a more impressive preseason than Ben Roethlisberger's rookie season because, to me, up until yesterday, up until yesterday, I was a firm believer they should go with the gamer, Kenny Pickett, because I know what Mitchell Trubisky is, right? He's a mediocre quarterback. However, when you go and look up the numbers, this man has started 50 games in the NFL. He's won 29 of them on a Chicago Bears team that really looks brutal since he's departed. <laughs> it kind of makes that winning record, uh, 29 and 21 with the Chicago Bears, kind of makes Mitchell Trubisky look a little bit better. Makes that penny look a little bit shinier. Um, I will say this, though. Pickett, man, there's a different vibe with this kid. Like, do you see the way the Steelers players react when Kenny Pickett's in the game? How about this? Do you see the way the Steelers players react when Kenny Pickett throws a touchdown versus Mitchell Trubisky throws it? Mitchell comes off to the sideline. He might get a pat on the back from the head. Kenny Pickett throws a touchdown. The players are bum-rushing him when he comes to the side. Like, they just love this kid. I think the greater ceiling and upside is with Pickett. I think this team is just waiting. I think they're waiting to rally around Kenny Pickett. Now, their bye week, I believe, is week nine, which as long as the Steelers have a winning record, Trubisky will be in there. And I think you got to reevaluate at, at week nine. And I think the Steelers will be lingering around 500 the entire year. Now, with that being said, it's got to be a short leash because the, the upside is greater with Pickett. I can always resort back to, 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 to Trubisky. I know, hey, I got a shot to win maybe, maybe with Mitchell, but pick it. We don't know. Let's find out. And I do disagree with John Macaron, who was on earlier in the show, where he likes the Aaron Rodgers model of sitting behind a quarterback and grooming him. We saw it with Trey Lance last year. To me, it's outdated. I always was a big proponent of that. It's outdated. It's not for long. Cue up Jerry Glenda. You got to make an immediate impact. Those are the real deal quarterbacks these days. And listen, the NFL has recalibrated the offensive schemes around the league. They've made it very, very user-friendly for these young quarterbacks, many of whom, you know, never even huddled, never uh, had to call a play. They look over to the sideline. Someone's holding up a sign. and so. I don't know. I think the NFL is built for rookie quarterbacks to play right away more than ever before. So I would I would throw Pickett into the fire, give him a little baptism by fire, let him see how he does. I can always go back to Trubisky, have Pickett hold the clipboard if need be. And I'm going to tell you what, we've been throwing out a little fantasy nuggets here and there. This uh, Pickens, 
George Pickens for the Steelers. Woo! Pickett to Pickens. Get used to that combination, brother. Woo! This Pickens is a, is a problem. And I know he had some injury history coming out of Georgia there. I wouldn't be surprised if he leads the Steelers in receiving. How about that? Uh, if not, he'll be a solid number two after Deontay Johnson. And, hey, the Steelers with Claypool, Pat Fryermuth, uh, this kid Pickens, they got some weapons now. And, and Najee Harris, there's not many bell cow backs when you look around the league. Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris. You want to throw Dalvin Cook in there, sure. Uh, Zeke, I don't think Zeke's a bell cow. I mean, Tony Pollard's the better running back there. Uh, Saquon Barkley, are you kidding me? That guy can't stay healthy. So, I mean, the Steelers, kind of like the Eagles right here in, in, in uh, Pennsylvania, it's going gonna, it's gonna to depend on their quarterback. Now, that's a much more difficult division to win when you talk about you've got to play uh the browns even without deshaun watson have a really good roster the Bengals, i believe are are uh buckled up for another super bowl run and uh the ravens i mean you could argue they have the number one defense in the league and you got to face lamar jackson joe burrow uh that's going to be a tough division the eagles they should sweep they should sweep the Giants. They should sweep the Commanders, okay? Maybe there's a fluke in there and they go three and one, okay? I'll give them the split with Dallas, so I'll give them four and two in their division. And then they just got to play uh, 500 ball, essentially. They go four and two in the division and six and five the rest of the way. That's a double-digit win team. And you heard Aaron Schatz here from the Football Outsiders say they, they ran their simulations. And while I think he said the Bucks and Packers were a better team, when they ran the simulations, the Eagles winded up with the better record. And I understand why, because they should dominate the division. They really should. And that should hopefully give them home field advantage, at least in the first round of the playoffs. I think that's if you're an Eagles fan, you're signing up for a first-round home game, right? That's the first step or the next step and going to make the Super Bowl run because they made the playoffs last year. We can't just be happy. You know, I see a lot of people saying, hey, if the Eagles win one game in the playoffs, that'll be a good year. No, it's not. They were in the playoffs last year. Granted, they got their ass kicked by the Bucs, but winning a playoff game isn't pro progress. <laughs> you're you're already a playoff team. You added you added impact players on all three levels of the defense. You added impact player AJ Brown, one of the best offseason acquisitions. You heard Aaron Schatz agree. Eagles might have the best offensive line in football. So everything is set up there for Jalen Hurts to succeed. Uh, I don't know if everything is set up. That Steelers offensive line, pretty bad. Pretty, pretty bad, which ultimately could be why they are going to start with Mitchell Trubisky to kind of help acclimate Kenny Pickett. But, hey, I'd have no qualms if they had handed this kid Kenny Pickett the keys to the Cadillac right now. Sign me up. The Jersey Shore, brother, Kenny Pickett. Um, and how about um, in that game with the Giants and Jets last night? I got some notes on that. Uh, the other quarterback competition 
that could have Jimmy Garoppolo ramifications is Geno Smith winning the starting job over Drew Locke. My God, past the Pepto-Bismol. Are you kidding? Geno Smith, 31 years old. Uh, I'll give you a quick Geno Smith story who now came out in the 2013 NFL draft. Believe it or not, he's been kind of hanging around, uh, got his jaw broken in there with the Jets, uh, ended Eli Manning's 210 start consecutive game streak with the good old Ben McAdoo there when he was with the G-Men. And then he filled in admirably uh, for Russell Wilson last year. I think he made three starts. So he knows the offense. And Drew Locke, let's be honest, once he, once he caught the COVID, never really had a shot in this quarterback competition. But the, the decision on Jimmy Garoppolo is coming soon. That deadline is coming soon. And it's weird. Uh, I saw some quotes from Trey Lance yesterday when they asked him about Jimmy G. He said, hey, yeah, he's here, but I really don't interact with him. You know, he's kind of on the field when we're in the film room. He's in the film room when we're on the field. And just for good measure, he said, uh, you know, uh, I forget who the backups are. He mentioned the backups. And said, I know those guys got my back. <laughs> it's Jimmy G, uh, not the friendliest guy there in san francisco but you know what when he was in new england he rubs teammates off the wrong way as well because he always had an excuse not to practice or an excuse not to play and you know when when your quarterback is looking for an easy out there's a difference between being hurt and injured and your teammates know the score <laughs> they know the count on the scorecard and that's that's part of the problem with jimmy g so we'll see uh where he lands but the Giants and Jets playing last night, two more candidates, I think, for Jimmy G. Tyrod Taylor, they threw him behind a backup offensive line the last preseason game, got him clobbered. He was out. So Davis Webb, Webb uh, was in there. I think he completed 30 of 38 passes. But let's be honest, uh, the Giants could use Jimmy G. And the Jets, arguably – might might be looking at an upgrade there. I'm not sure Jimmy G wants to go play for a bottom barrel team, uh, but the Jets, who, oh, by the way, um, you know, John mentioned the Lions could be looking at a quarterback, possibly Mike White from the Jets. That's because this Strevler kid, Chris Strevler, out of South Dakota, he's the best quarterback on the Jets. I think he led the preseason in passing, and if you don't know the story of Chris Strevler, he goes up to the Canadian Football League. He makes a name for himself. In Canada, they have this kind of new fad or trend. When the ball is on the goal line in Canada, they have a, a Taysom Hill-type quarterback or a backup quarterback that usually comes in and runs these little gadget plays or these QB sneak plays. They don't really want to run the risk of, of – the starting quarterback doing a QB sneak up the middle. So Chris Strebler was this short goal line specialist up North in Canada. And he just needed some reps to kind of develop his passing game, but he had a record setting career at South Dakota. And he is, I mean, listen, Jersey Joe Flacco, man, I got nothing but love at one time. He was an elite quarterback. Not so much anymore. I would actually start Chris Strebler personally, uh, that's just me. And how about Denzel Mims going off? He requests a trade. Now, the Eagles tried to showcase Jalen Rager. I think he had three targets, really didn't do anything. 
Denzel Mims catches eight balls for 102 yards and a touchdown after requesting a trade might actually make Rager a little bit more difficult to trade now because Denzel Mims, kind of the odd man out there with the Jets. I don't know. Maybe they get a day three flyer, you know, late round draft pick in exchange for Denzel Mims. We shall see. Um, but yes, he has his agent has requested a trade saying he's just not getting a fair shake here. Well, he got the ball thrown uh, often, <laughs> early and often yesterday. And one last note on this Giants and Jets game. Kenny, Kenny Galladay is officially the biggest thief in the NFL. This guy's robbing money. You know, shout out to David Gettleman. Mud on, Mamiya. Who signed this guy for $20 million a year? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me, Kenny Galladay? Did you see? <laughs> Did you see him get out of the way of that block? What was it, the first play of the game? He's seeing ghosts out there? That's what you pay this guy $20 million to do? Man, there's an undrafted free agent by the name of Colin Johnson who recently got hurt out of Texas. I think he makes 400000 He's a better player than Kenny Galladay. Kenny, come on the show. Defend yourself because you are a thief. You're a thief, brother. Give the money back. I mean, the Giants thought they were getting a number one wide receiver. He's not even one of the best five on the roster. I don't know what that was all about. Anyway. That was your preseason action, uh, preseason in the books. Week one, right around the corner. Oh, September 11th. Uh, of course, we'll have that Thursday night matchup, I think the Rams and the Bills. But September 11th, uh, right around the corner. Christian McCaffrey, Tone uh, tells me Christian McCaffrey actually eclipsed the 1,000-yard receiving and 1,000-yard rushing mark. And uh, there's a guy that you hope stays healthy this year, right? So, uh, all right. How about that? I forgot McCaffrey did it. So, uh, good one there, Tone. Uh, in fact, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to check in with Tone, the man behind the stream, sometimes on the scene. we got a little few uh, other news and notes that we'll get to. Of course, the football playbook streaming live, 10 to noon Eastern here on the Jacob Media Network. Make sure you like that button on the uh, YouTube, smash it, bash it, mash it. We're bringing you here up till uh, the 12 o'clock hour where the sports take guys will take over, followed by Dan Cilio from three to six. It's all part of the fun. Buckle up. We'll be back right after this. Go passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. 
plan your day with confidence. Definitely want to keep the umbrellas on hand. And keep your family safe with Action News and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Well over seven inches of rain. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising right now. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. On TV, on 6abc.com, and on our streaming apps. And that's when we go severe weather mode and on the air for you. Action News and AccuWeather. The team you trust. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Go for the polls. And the pools. Go for the oohs. And the ahs. Go for the bubbles. And the bubbly. Go for the story. And the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Back at it again, RIC in a place to be. Rick Saratella, tell it like it is. When it comes to the NFL draft and everything football over on the NFLDraftBible.com, celebrating our 21st year of draft coverage. And I forgot to shout out my guy in that Giants and Jets game, Austin Calitro out of Villanova. He earned himself a roster spot, baby. Stand up, Austin Calitro. You get a helmet sticker, my brother. He, I mean, this guy's been making plays all preseason. He had another pick six interception yesterday, a fumble recovery. He is going to make that Giants 53-man roster. And shout out uh, to Villanova. I was down there at their Ocean City scrimmage uh, just a week or two ago, and I had a chance to um, check out those Villanova Wildcats, of course, the defending uh, Colonial Athletic Association champions. That scouting report can be found over on the NFLDraftBible.com, as well as uh, my Penn State report. I was up in Happy Valley last weekend. I um, I wrote up 23 players from my Penn State visit uh, for 2023 and beyond. The one guy quickly here that I could not take my stop take my eyes off of, Joey Porter Jr., who I mocked in my first round mock, also available on the website. But Joey Porter Jr., he's a I could I could see him not getting past the Steelers in the first round. This guy's big, he's fast, he's physical, he's imposing. He's like six foot two, 200 pounds. Coaching staff tells me he's gonna run like in the four fours. Uh, he just looks the part and he plays the part. So Penn State, uh, they got some good, good looking prospects. PJ Mustafer, the defensive tackle, is another one I'm keeping my eye on there. Um, and then, of course, they got the big time safety uh, um, to here uh, in the in the back end of that defense. So check it out. We got 23 players written up from that. Of course, we're always keeping tabs on the NFL draft. I mentioned Kenny Pickett. 
of the Jersey Shore. How about Tommy DeVito, another Jersey Shore quarterback uh, over there in Illinois this past week? The Syracuse transfer, he gets the Illini on the board with a big W in week zero action. Uh, UConn running back Nathan Carter, somebody I've had a chance to see up close and personal several times, only a true sophomore. So he's got another year or two of eligibility remaining. Um, but this kid went off 190 rushing yards. Kudos to good friend Jim Mora uh, for, for keeping the Huskies in the game. I know he's not satisfied with that, but Utah State, borderline top 25 team, Huskies kept it competitive. And um, Grant DeBose, another guy that could be a day two selection. Uh, he had two touchdowns for Charlotte, kind of under the radar prospect if you want there. And then how about the um, Northwestern Wildcats taking care of business? against Scotty Frost and the, the Nebraska Cornhuskers came into this one, two touchdown favorites. Northwestern wins the game outright 31 28. And there's some, there's a lot of um, sizzle underneath Scott Frost's hot seat there in Nebraska. I think they were, you know, three win team last year. Uh, I saw uh, Rashidi Wheeler's mom came out. Rashidi Wheeler was the guy on Northwestern who collapsed uh, due to heat stroke during a voluntary conditioning uh, uh, drill about 20 years ago. In fact, the uh, Washington front office executive, Jason Wright, was a member of that team. And uh, there's an article with comments from Jason Wright about that conditioning test, which was brutal, brutal, just brutal. And Scott Frost had said something about, you know, the offensive line when they're over here throwing up 20, 30 times of practice because we work them so hard. Well, Rashidi Wheeler's mom came out and criticized what a bad mentality for any football coach to have. So Scott Frost feeling the heat. Brandon Bean feeling the heat. Rick Saratella feeling the heat from the chat room. My God, you guys are already uh, calling me out in the chat room over here. And uh, big shout out to all my chat room people. Birdman, appreciate the love. Kevin, John, Showtime. What up? Showtime weekdays, 10 to noon Eastern right here. The football playbook and my good friend, Craig. T. Smith dropping the hammer on him. Longtime scout uh, up there in the CFL. Chase Brown, yes, hell of a back for the Illinois Illini. And Chase Brown has a brother there, too, a safety, uh, maybe even more highly touted than Chase Brown. So both the Brown brothers on the NFL radar, if you're watching the Illinois uh, team this season. All right, we got about five or six minutes to play in the meantime, a couple tidbits I want to get to, but it's time to pop on our super producer behind the scenes, Antonio DeShields. He's sometimes behind the stream, but right here on this show, he'll be on the scene tone, checking in. I like the background there, man. Uh, buckle up. How are we doing over here today? Well, you know, I'm doing good, my man. Uh, Ocean Casino's taking care of me. You see the new digs, uh, the mattress, yes. the, the, the pillows, the view. If you want the best view, I'm telling you, Ocean Casino will have you covered, man. This is not just a plug. I've lived it. I've been there. And it wasn't even on my dime. Shout out to Mr. Crouch. <laughs> <laughs> so, my man, man Tone. Uh, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm having fun with this, man. It's your first show, man. How, yes. how are you feeling right now? You know, I feel pretty good about it. You know, it feels good to be back in the saddle. It's been a while since I've been in the host seat. But, uh, no, nah, man, it feels like old hat. I had some butterflies coming in, man. I don't know good. how the Eagles fans were going to re be receptive to uh, a more broader football talk show. But that's what we do, man. We talk shop. We'll always have our finger on the 
uh, on the Eagles. And, uh, you know, we'll adapt and adjust like the game of football based on what the chat room people want in there, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, I don't know. How are you doing with your expanded role here? You kick things off with Jeff Kerr. I mean, they got you working. Never mind full time. They got Tone on the overtime. He's punching that time <laughs> card, man. He's like, hey, give me some OT, baby. Punch in, right? <laughs> <laughs> but no, man, I'm enjoying it, man. Um, it's a journey. I'm along for the ride, man. I'm excited. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting challenged every single day. And, you know, that's what I live for, man. If I'm not being challenged, if I'm not able to move the needle, good or bad, if my decisions don't matter, then what's the point of me doing it? So, man, um, I'm grateful to, uh, for the opportunity. Grateful to be working with you. I'm looking forward to where this show goes and, you know, so much more to come. Uh, people, stay tuned. Philly, yeah. the, market, the, mar the market is on fire. And make sure you're on the right side of history because Jacob Sports is here to stay. Yeah, and we got new members coming into the chat already. Eric Gallagher, welcome into the show. Hey, if you like today's show, smash the like button, right, Tone? Mash it, Absolutely. mash it, flip it, dip it, reverse it. I mean, we get Missy Elliott with it over here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like that. So, I like that. Yeah. So I saw Kerr's show this morning. He'll be kicking off every day at 7 a.m. leading into Birds 365 with Mac and Mac at 10. We'll be here taking you up to the sports take from 10 to 12, then Dan Cilio from three to six. I mean, it's just a can't stop, won't stop situation on the Jacob Media channel. But uh, what did you like from the show today? You feeling good? You like our guest lineup tomorrow? We have another hit, heavy hitting crew. I got to be honest. I really enjoyed today. Um, one, of, one of my favorite uh, conversations you had today was the uh, the Detroit Lions conversation. John uh, Macaron, shout out to him, man. I got to be honest. I've been telling people, you do not want to sleep on this on, on this Lions team. Um, trust me, this this Eagles team, we have all the weapons to compete with anybody in the NFL. I firmly believe that. I believe this Philadelphia Eagles team has all the tools to be competitive, even more than even more than competitive to be dangerous. You have to buckle your chin strap and make sure you got your jock strap on when you're messing with this Eagles team. You dig what I'm saying? But it's week one. Every team in the NFL believes they can get something done. Everyone's 0-0. And when you're playing with that, when you're playing with house money like that, you don't want to come in sleepwalking against a team like the Detroit Lions, the, the city of Detroit in general, a, a grimy city, a city where everyone's getting it from the muscle, getting it out the mud. And, you know, that that city is is thriving for uh, a winning season. You can make an argument. This is probably the most talented, maybe the the best outlook this team has had in a long time. And um, I just don't want these Philadelphia Eagles to come in sleepwalking, thinking they're just going to, you know, pussyfoot and you know play around with these Detroit Lions they're going to fight and, they, and and I haven't watched Hard Knocks yet I have to catch up on that but just from what, I, what I'm hearing those guys are play, playing very physical those guys want it those guys are looking for revenge and we laid it on them last year so best believe they're trying to do it again oh yeah they they got that bad taste in their mouth and they'll be uh looking for that revenge factor there for sure uh, we'll be checking in with Tone Daly here on the Football Playbook. couple quick birthday shout-outs via Sikahima, the former Eagles uh, current broadcaster, 60 years old. Carl Banks, uh, former Giants linebacker, 60 years old, also a member of the media. Chris Sims, 42 years old, also a member of the media uh, and the son of Carl Banks' teammate, Phil Sims. And we mentioned uh, John McCain would have been 86. Michael Jackson, 64. And uh, this day in history, uh, big shout out to New Orleans. Uh, Tone, I don't know if you even remember this. You're a young buck, but back in 2005, Hurricane Katrina was today. Yeah. Uh, 17 yeah. Well, years I'm, ago. I'm, tw I'm 27, so I definitely remember those days. Um, born in 94. Okay. Yeah, so I was, about, I was about 11 years old when, about 10 years old when Hurricane Katrina hit, man. And that city, 
you can't even begin to imagine the, you know, the aftermath, what they had to go through. So many people's lives were lost. So many people's livelihoods were lost, um, especially the people in, the, especially the people in the, you know, in the lesser communities and the lower income communities. They had the hardest, you know, trying to bounce back, um, losing their losing their loved ones, losing their valuables. You know, so many of those people, um, you know, who who come from those lower income um, areas, they 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 depend on a lot, you know, in terms of, you know, their vehicles getting, you know, uh, getting to and from work, depending on public transportation. Um, you know, those people were affected the most. And to be quite honest with you and frank about it, some of those people received the most, uh, received the least amount of relief. So um, Hurricane Katrina was a, a big deal. And um, I, have, I, I have yet to been, I have yet to go to New Orleans, but I can only hope and pray that that community is um, beginning to uh, bounce back. So yeah, man. Shout out to uh, shout out to New Orleans. Shout out to Baton Rouge. Shout out to you know Louisiana as a whole. Yeah, I had a chance to get over there in February for the HBCU Bowl. Still a work in progress, but man, you think back, eighteen hundred people that died in that flooding, one hundred and fifteen billion dollars of damages, and I can only think back to what Drew Brees and Reggie Bush meant to that city during that time in the Superdome. Oh man. What a time in history. Hey, we made a little bit of history here today on the Football Playbook, episode one in the books. Uh, we're out of time, but I appreciate all of our guests today. We got another star-studded lineup for tomorrow. Shout out to all our chat room people. Big props to Tone for uh, steering the ship in the right direction. We didn't sink today, baby, but we'll be back at it again tomorrow. Buckle up. Absolutely, my man. I'll let you close out this show, my guy. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a drop off, man. And look, man, I'm proud of you, Rick. I'm so. I'm so glad to be a part of this with you, and so much more to come, my guy. Hey, we're gonna ride it to the wheels fall off each and every day, ten to noon Eastern, right here on the Football Playbook Show. Coming up, it's the Sports Take, guys. Right after this, don't go anywhere. Go passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Plan your day with confidence. Definitely want to keep the umbrellas on hand. And keep your family safe with Action News and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Well over seven inches of rain. Your go-to team.